0: I'm Carrie, and we are a Paranormal Chicks, episode 283. Before we get into anything, let's talk about Patreoners. So thank you so much, Delena M. from Texas, Talon S. from Mississippi, Kara A. from Maryland, Trish E. from Colorado, Diana R. from Massachusetts, Amanda B. from Missouri, and Sophia G. from Minnesota. Man, y'all were killing me with all those M states. I had to be like, Donna, what's this? Donna, what's that? Okay, I only asked once. But still, well, if you want to trip me up with what state you're from and you want to get an episode shout out, head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. And now
1: if you use Spotify, you used to not be able to do the Patreon RSS feed, but now you can integrate with Spotify. So you don't have to listen to it on the Patreon app. You don't have to listen to it. Any other app, you can listen on Spotify.
0: Okay, y'all know that I have a lady that comes to claim my house every two weeks because it's just one of those luxuries in life that I will eat ramen noodles for a week if I have to to be able to afford her coming to claim my house. Y'all, last week when she came, Jax was on his bullshit. Not only as soon as she finished, like she's on the last room. She sends me a picture and Jax came in and you could tell he was soaking wet and had been digging in the dirt his paws his snout everything dirty I mean dirty she takes me a picture and she's like I just finished and look at him coming in in all his dirt glory and I was like oh my god I'm so sorry don't worry about anything like you know just leave everything as it is don't clean up after him thank you so much for everything well that's not how she rolls she cleaned up after him and cleaned him and I'm like That's the best bath he's gotten since I've owned him. (laughs) Then he does all that. And then I get home and he has gotten a roll of toilet paper out from the bathroom because he likes to shred it and eat the center of it. So toilet paper was everywhere. I wonder if that's like his cinnamon roll because I love the middle. Well, I don't give a fuck. (laughs) Stop chewing my goddamn toilet paper. Then I walk in my bedroom. And that motherfucker had peed in my closet. He had the trifecta. I was like, (laughs) ring-a-ding-ding. I was like, it was just cleaned.
1: Uh, That's why he was like, "Uh uh-uh, must remedy this. Now it smells
0: like me. So what I did was I bought a shoe rack, and i covered up the spot that he likes to pee in the closet well good we got to where we were closing the bathroom door because he likes to do the toilet paper because she usually closes all the bedroom doors like as she cleans them so him and all of his dirt glory doesn't go in there but i guess this time she just didn't (sighs) well he did go in and get the toilet paper i was so pissed at him i was like the one day that it's like the cleanest it will ever be and that motherfucker ruined it so Marley loves to roll in the grass after it's cut. Jack does
1: too. And every time that my house is clean, she's got to do it because it's on the same day that the lawn gets mowed and she's like, smorgasbord, whatever, how you ever say it now. I can't <laughs> even say it. What's smorgasbord, smorgasbord? No, I can't either. Okay, bye. <laughs> All right. But she really does like, she rolls in the hay basically. Yes. And she comes in and she has that poodle hair so it's all curly and it just gets in and then she shakes off then she does this and so we have grass everywhere well i got mad at her because she did it and i mean you can just see and i'm like where was that piece of grass that was long as like your fucking leg yeah like what the hell and i normally give her well i mean i always give her uh filtered water and stuff and i try to keep her bowl clean and because she had rolled in grass ate some kind of dirt thing in there. She had got her her bowl dirty. And I mean, it just had some like grass and stuff in there and she needed water. And I was like, I'm not cleaning up. You want to be a dog? You're going to drink like a dog. <laughs> <laughs> I was
0: like, yeah, okay. Oh my God. That's how my mom's dog is. He's so damn spoiled. If there's a lick of slobber in there, he ain't drinking it. <laughs> and then he eats all of his bowl, except for like two little pieces and then he stands over and barks for her to turn the bowl so he can reach him. oh my god <laughs> when dad was in the hospital and he stayed here he didn't do any of that but he's got her trained
1: yes
0: <laughs> oh uh colby and i went and saw that movie talk to me Mm-hmm. it was good it wasn't as like jumpy as everybody said it was to me but it could be because everybody was like oh my god it's so good i jumped so many times blah 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 blah. yeah Actually, Colby and I watched like 700 movies the last weekend. I don't know what we did, but we watched, um, I keep wanting to call it Hitch. It's like Castaway meets Wally and had a baby and it's the, I don't know, Finch, Filk, something. I don't know. Clearly, I don't either. We watched this other movie called Significant Other. It was weird. It took a turn. And then we watched this one called Sick. Content warning. It has a lot with like the COVID pandemic. It happens during it. Yeah. So if you're going to watch, it was a good movie, but... Like, definitely content warning that it involves the pandemic. I think there were more, but that's all I can think of right now.
1: Oh, I know there were more because you kept naming them and then you're like, oh, yeah, we watched this.
0: I don't know who I was. That's normally not me. Uh-uh. Colby loves movies and can just watch them and watch them. And I'm not. I'm usually on my phone, but I really watch these. So much that you can't remember the names. Well, there was literally like seven. <laughs> Y'all, this week was the week from hell I had to go to our sister clinic about an hour away for two days. The first day, a truck was on fire on my way, which the person whose truck was on the fire ended up working at the place that Colby was going to get his tires that morning because he had to get new tires. And that person worked there. And I don't know, they just spilled all the tea to Colby and apparently didn't believe that the guy was actually like his truck really was on fire. And I'm like, okay, how's he going to hide that? Be like, oh, it's fine now. No, that truck was a blaze.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: On the way there, I drink a little Fairlife protein shake on the way to work every morning. uh, Spilled that in my car, fun times. I mean, like everywhere. On the way home that day, a propane tank had exploded on the interstate. It was like still like simmering. The next day, what normally should have taken me an hour to get home took me two hours to get home. There's other things I can't remember colby's truck got hit colby got uh rear-ended in mcdonald's parking lot like or in the drive-through and oh my god yes oh god i forgot a ton i know okay then because y'all know if you're if you're caught up on the episodes and you've heard the better help ad that i'm doing therapy through BetterHelp right now love my freaking therapist okay so wednesday i had therapy at like 6 30 and then at seven thirty, donna and i had a live for patreon for the am i the asshole Well, Colby gets off work a little bit before me, and he was going to pick us up some pizza. So we ended up, like, both being home right at the same time. He walked in, put the pizzas down. I walk in, and I'm like, smells like gas in here. And he's like, okay, I thought it smelled like gas, too. And I'm like, no, like, it really smells like gas in here. Like, it's bad. So I'm, like, panicking for the dog. I'm like, oh, my God, I hope he's okay. How long has it smelled like gas in here? And I'm like, we got to call Centerpoint to get them out here to make sure we're not going to die from the gas. Okay. I shouldn't tell you all this, but I am. My dumbass was checking the burners to make sure nothing was just like slightly on and I may or may not have actually turned them on. And then I was like, well, that was fucking stupid because there, I smelled like I literally could have exploded us. I was like, wow, I'm a moron. So don't do that. That's stupid. So Colby calls Centerpoint and while I panic clean the kitchen because... You know, it's been a couple of days for the dishes and I didn't want somebody coming over with the house in disarray. I was like, "Okay, we need to go outside. And Colby's like, I'm eating before I go outside. It's too hot for that. I was like, we may die. He's like, does your head hurt? And I was like, no. He's like, then it's fine. (laughs) Don't do what we do. So we ate and then went outside and I'm like waiting and waiting and waiting and the Centerpoint guy hadn't come yet. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm about to have to do therapy. One of Colby's coworkers comes by to pick up something. I'm like, he's got to go because I got to do therapy in my car so that one, I have some privacy, but two, um, I got to back my car out of the garage because I don't want to be sitting in a garage with a gas leak with my cranked vehicle, you know? so I'm like texting Colby like okay he's got to go I have therapy literally in two minutes I gotta get on this call because I do the video call right on time I log in and like I'm back backing out of the garage as I'm like hey uh sorry I'm you know running a little bit behind and I doom back into the goddamn trailer we have like a little pull behind you trailer to carry our lawnmower that doesn't fit and I backed into that motherfucking thing I was so pissed <sighs> center point guy came in that was literally nothing uh all it was was they cleaned out the lines and it made everybody's houses smell like gas but he checked everything like he did his due diligence he wasn't just like oh yeah we cleaned out the line no like he literally checked everything oh and while i'm on therapy i've got it on my phone i didn't hook it into bluetooth so we could hear each other well so colby's fucking phone keeps hooking into my bluetooth every time he walks to the front door every time he does anything outside like walking around with the guy his fucking bluetooth k- kicks in oh my god Centerpoint guy leaves colby calls his dad to tell him what happens it starts ringing in my fucking car i'm like in the call I'm like my fucking life chaos it was pure she was like do we need to reschedule and i'm like no and then the whole like first five minutes of this therapy session all i can think of is please don't be a big old hole in my bumper please don't be a big old hole in my bumper because i didn't know what part hit yeah but luckily, there's just like a really long scratch. It's not terrible. So, whatever is in retrograde can unretro.
1: <laughs> I know you've had me nervous because I'm like, anytime Carrie's like talking to anyone, driving, doing whatever, people get in car wrecks and
0: yes, all the things. My friend Drew just got a forerunner Monday, Tuesday morning at the gym. Somebody backed into him oh my gosh i was like what the fuck so two car fires and three (laughs) rear ends and not the good kind that donna likes (laughs) i was gonna say that sounded like the 12 days of christmas (laughs) that's the kind i like well now that we're done with the carrie show let's talk about real paper because they are back and you know we are real excited Do I say that every time? But it's true. So what makes real paper so different and why we love it so much is because their products are made out of bamboo. So it is sustainable toilet paper because bamboo grows more like grass, not like a tree. So you can just cut it and it doesn't cut it from the root where you have to replant it. Again, think mowing your yard and you think, okay, bamboo, it's not paper that we know of from a tree. But with real, you're not sacrificing anything. It is so soft and luxurious. And it leaves nothing behind. And
1: that's what you want with toilet paper, right? And it comes in plastic-free wrapping. And I'm telling you, you feel fancy when you're putting your toilet paper in your cabinet. You
0: have your pinky up
1: because you feel that fancy.
0: Each individual roll of toilet paper is wrapped so you know if you're like me and you use a lot of baby powder you don't have to worry about your toilet paper sitting out getting you know dusty i never thought about that Mm -hmm. you can hit it and it'll be like poof. (laughs) real really is
1: my favorite toilet paper i've ever used not only because it
0: feels good on my tush but it is shipped to your door That's right, it can be shipped to your door on a schedule with a subscription or a one-time. You get to pick, and you can pick out how often you want the subscription to come. Oh, and it's shipped free. It is terrible running out of toilet paper at home. Have you ever done that? Yes, I have. But because Real is on a subscription base, if you choose, you don't have to worry about ever forgetting to buy it or running out at home. And it's not like it's shipped and it has like toilet paper all over the side. And maybe you're like, Donna, you have an aversion to buying toilet paper in front of people. Unsure why, but she does. So you don't have to worry about that with real paper. It's easy, hassle-free subscriptions, or like I said, a one-time purchase. All orders ship to your door with free shipping in 100% recyclable, plastic-free packaging. So... Head on over to realpaper.com slash creep, sign up for your subscription using the code creep at checkout, and you're going to get 30% off your first order. And like Donna said, free shipping.
1: That's dot com slash creep, or enter promo code creep to get 30% off your first order and free shipping.
0: Let's make a change for good this year and switch to real paper. Real is paper for the planet. So head on over to realpaper.com slash creep and use the code creep at sign up and you're going to get 30% off your first order and free shipping. This episode is sponsored by Relatable. For all you armchair detectives out there, if you love nothing more than a juicy mystery or an unsolved case, you will love Relatable's newest game, Who Killed Mia?, you may know them from their games like What Do You Meme? That is like one of my favorites. Let's Get Deep and New Phone Who Dis? This is their first foray into a murder mystery game that's really unlike anything else out there and that you've played.
1: So Who Killed Mia is centered around a fictional influencer, Mia Starr, but it's so realistic. You do see her untimely death at this award ceremony. But that's where we come in and you armchair detectives to figure out how to solve the case using all of the physical and immersive digital
0: evidence. Like you can hack into Mia's phone. Me, Donna and Colby played it last night and it is very realistic. They have like a gossip video that you watch that like gives you all the tea and then you do you hack into things like Mia's phone. You scan these QR codes that take you through each day. It's so Cool. Carrie got so excited because there's a puzzle you put together. When Colby opened up that part with a puzzle, I, I think I screeched. I think you did too. You got to have a phone, an iPad, something like that. But we use the iPad and like set it up so we could all see it good. And I don't know, it was just so cool. Like you got to, you would get so excited when you'd figure something out and you'd be like, okay, wait, I think this, because of this... Okay, go back to that video again. Colby was really scouring the
1: surveillance footage. Yes. And he'd be like, but wait, she's going this way. So that means it couldn't have been her or, you know, vice versa and all of that. And I love that. But you really do start trying to think like a detective and try to find the clues that are within the clues.
0: But the game gives you hints along the way that one time we were like, what does this hint mean? Wait. Yes. This is what it's talking about. <laughs> yeah, we had a breakthrough moment. You get to explore through all different kinds of things. You're watching videos. You're reading like police reports. You're doing all the things to figure out who killed Mia. So all you armchair detectives, who killed Mia is for you. You got to get this game for your next game night. And look, you can play it with one person. You can play it with 45 I don't actually know that, but you can play really with as many people as you want. Or like she said, by yourself. I love playing it with us because we were able to like bounce ideas off of. But if you wanted it to be a little more complex to like, you could do this by yourself. uh, 1000%. Who Killed Mia is a new kind of murder mystery game from Relatable, the creators of What Do You Mean. If you go to relatable.com slash who killed Mia and use promo code creeps, you're going to get
1: 20% off. So again, that is relatable.com slash who killed Mia, M-I-A, and our code is creeps with an S.
0: Who Killed Mia is available at Walmart, Target, and Amazon, but I mean, you're going to want 20% off. So you got to go to relatable.com slash who killed Killed Mia. That's M I A for twenty percent off. Okay, so
1: we all know I love casinos, mostly slot machines because
0: I'm a slot slut, and I get that from my mama. Is that a thing? I don't know. I mean, we know you're a slut, and we didn't know you <laughs> love slots. I mean, same, but didn't you know, know a slot slut was a thing. Well, before I played the slots, I played arcade games mostly
1: because my parents were at the casinos, and me and my brother, you know, were in the kids. Arcade at the casinos. That's actually where Donna and Colby bonded before me. Mm hmm. Sure did. It really was like one of those moments where you know no one there because it's like two hours away from where we live. And I heard his name being called and I was like, wait, what? And there he was. My classmate you know i'm like oh my god yes i know someone here
0: the way you said that and there he was the love of my life (laughs) (laughs) maybe y'all are cheating because earlier colby was fucking with me and like winked at donna kidding and i was like oh so now you're cheating (laughs) (laughs) totally kidding obviously Anyway, now I could still play
1: in the arcade. You know, I could spend tons of money at Dave & Buster's. I can, you know, we went to that place in Houston. I think it was called like 8-Ball or something.
0: I don't remember, but it was. It was like an arcade for adults, like with a bar and stuff. Yeah. So much fun. And it was like more of the retro games. So I I can
1: still get down with the arcade. But anywho. Why am I talking about this? Because arcade games are the center of the story today. Well, one in particular, it's called Polybius. And let me tell you, I called it Polybus for (laughs) every time I wrote this down. But Polybius is known as the most dangerous arcade game in the world. Picture it, Portland, Oregon, 1981. So this was basically during what's known as the golden age of arcade games, which spanned from 1978 to 1983. They were all the rage. People were lined up to try to achieve the highest score. You know, all the things. We've all seen those movies. And now they did make a comeback in the 90s, which is when Lil Donna was kicking ass and taking names at Mortal Kombat. But, you know, 1981 is when we're talking about it. And in a sea of arcade games, there is this one new game that was basically just a big black box. It didn't have a lot of signage or anything, just the name Polybius. And the name comes from a Greek historian by the same name back in like 200 BC. He was known for a lot of things, but one of the big things was his love and use of ciphers, cryptography, and puzzles. So you can just kind of imagine what kind of arcade game this was like. It had many different shapes and symbols and the renderings I saw basically look like those laser triangles that were the screensaver back in the day. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Also, did you have that brick thing, like the maze that you would go through as a screensaver and pipes? Pipes would just like go everywhere. Yes. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> It might sound lame that that's what that was, but this was the beginning of arcade games and this was like before Pong and stuff. So, I mean, it wasn't thrilling, but it was entertaining and for some, very addictive. Polybius wasn't mass produced. It seemed to be only in two arcades in the Portland area. But it made sense because if you're testing out a new game before you sink tons of money into it, You know, you would want it only in a few places. Don't spend a lot of money on like signage and all of that. Like, you want to see if they're actually going to play it. The thing is, Polybius just seemed like it was there one day, like the game was there. No arcade worker could remember getting it delivered or anything. And so it was like, okay, well, maybe someone else signed for it. You know, I wasn't here whatever. It's a game, no big deal. You know, people are playing it, shops making money. Well, this game became super popular very quickly. And there were actually fights that would break out in the arcade of people who were waiting to play the game. Because we all know when someone is money bags and they can just keep putting those quarters in and you're like, oh my God, I want to play. But they have like an endless supply of change and you just want to play. One time me and Tiffany went to this pizza, like a local pizza place here, and it had arcade games like for kids. And me and Tiffany were playing this one where you had to like stop it real fast uh, to see how many tickets you could get and all that. And there were some kids waiting. And I was like, sorry, kids, like someone's played. (laughs) us. Sucks to not have a job. (laughs) I was like, oh, yeah. This is for kids, right? (laughs) See, when we go to arcades, I like lights and sounds and all of that. You know what Carrie loves? The basketball stuff. Like, she loves to throw the balls and be competitive that way. Mm -hmm. And air hockey, which I like air hockey, but I've had my hands hurt a few times from that damn puck. You're not doing it right. (laughs) You know what makes me more mad than anything? When I knock it in myself, trying to like. Yes, yeah, been there. Yo, oh, oh. I'm like, I gave that point
0: to you. Well, a point's a point. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, now I really want to go to a damn
0: arcade. You remember when we went to Dallas and we went to Dave and Buster's, how freaking sweaty we got? We ain't going. It's too damn hot. It was so hot in there, though. The air was like on 76.
1: Remember, I checked. And I was like, 76. And there's at least like 100 kids
0: in here. Yeah, I can't I can't do that. It's too hot.
1: No, me and Timony found a Wheel of Fortune game and it was under the AC. And I was like, this is where we're sitting for a minute. Like till my back stopped sweating, we're going to keep guessing these letters. Also, I love Wheel of Fortune and we were really good at it. I love games, but Polybius was causing things to get chaotic. And then those who played it experienced things like nausea, nightmares, hallucinations, and headaches. Some even suffered seizures, but we know that could be from the graphics themselves and not just because of those graphics, that game. Well, then there is another side effect, though. People who were once addicted to arcade games seemed to no longer have any interest in any of the games after playing Polybius. But then others were drawn to the games more. Some people said they became depressed after playing Polybius and there are said to have been some people who died by suicide. (gasps) Now, later, it was found that most of the players suffered some sort of amnesia or memory loss after playing Polybius for the time that it was available. Now, something else different about this game was there were two men who would come in and service the arcade game. And I mean, Okay, sure. People like had to go change the coins and you know, collect all the money. Oh, I would love to do that. But these people weren't dressed like just repairmen or anything. They were dressed in black suits. And
0: before you think this turns into alien. No, 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 no. I have to say you missed the opportunity to to say repair man, men, men, men. Oh man. Man, 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 man. Okay. Continue. I mean, it's going to go somewhere south like that.
1: (laughs) But it's not those men in black. It's like businessmen in black. So before or after they they bloop your memory. Mm -hmm. They were only there really to exchange the hard drive. Like the cartridge that, you know, you would blow on and stuff in the... (laughs) That's where I learned my skills. No, but in the (laughs) um, like Sega and... Why was that my first I one? Don't I don't know. know. Nintendo, all of that. You know that cartridge. And I would also use a, um, a ear cleaner. What's that called? A Q-tip. A Q-tip and get in there if I had to get real detailed with it. Anyway, but so it was like a really big version of that, what was in these arcade games. And so these men would go and change it out, but again, not do anything else. And then sometimes they would hang around and ask questions about like, How did you like the game? What's going on? You know, all the things. You're like, okay, well, I mean, if this was a consumer test, they're going to need the information. And, you know, they're going to need to gather all the data. So whatever, it makes sense. Now, due to all the ill effects that the players were having, the men were seen loading up the two games and hauling them out of the arcades. Now, Polybius was never seen again. And this was after just a few weeks on the market. Now, that's all we know about the origins of the game. Nothing was really talked about after that initial panic. But then in 2000, Polybius appeared on the internet, a man named Stephen Roach, about the arcade game on a website called coinop.org. And Stephen talked about how he worked for the company that had worked on Polybius. And I mean, he went into a long post. I'm not going to read it word for word. But he said that they were approached in 1980 by a company that he wouldn't name for legal purposes. And he was mentioning about Polybius and that it got its name from one of the programmers who worked on it because he had studied Greek mythology during college and he thought the name fit. Steven went on to say he didn't know a lot about the company that hired them, but he did know that because of the paranoia surrounding the game and an incident, the company pulled both of the Polybius arcade games and made a settlement with that kid's parents. His post also gave details of the game and people were commenting like, oh my God, I thought I had made this up in my head. Okay, so it was kind of like a Mandela Mandela. effect. Yeah, because... Most didn't remember anything, but then there were some that agreed on different aspects of the game and all of that. And then later on, you know, the internet's a thing and now Polybius is on there. What was said was that the reason Polybius sounded so ominous and cryptic is because it was. It was created by the government as an experiment for mind control. They wanted to know if certain images and graphic sequences could alter a person's brain. And so the question was, could the government use something like this that's so simple and benign to discover the inner workings of the psyche and how to manipulate it? Well, if you're thinking, no, that can't be. Remember, MKUltra It was going on until 1973, and that was a top-secret CIA experiment for mind control and LSD and all the things.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not out of the realm of possibility, because government does some shady-ass shit. (laughs) Yes, it does. I mean, no, they don't do anything wrong, (laughs) allegedly.
1: (laughs) Well, so it wasn't too far away that they had just shut down this secret operation, but what if they found another way to test mind control. And we know from the story I did last week that institutions and shit didn't have any qualms about testing on kids and stuff. So I'm sure the government didn't either. And it was all that hush-hush secret ops kind of thing. So no one was going to know about it. There were some cases of teens getting sick after playing arcade games back in 1981 in Portland, Oregon. One was playing Asteroids and played it for more than 28 hours straight, trying to break a record. And then the other teen was playing Tempest on the same day in the same arcade as the other one. And he started having really bad migraine and he ended up passing out on his way home in someone's lawn. Jesus. So with news like that breaking, it made sense if a panic hit and the rumors began to spread kind of like satanic panic because the news was there watching that first teen who was trying to break the record
0: they were watching him live do all of this shit but some of that could just be natural side effects of you get a migraine because you're looking at a screen for too long and if all this is brand new they haven't kind of trained their eyes for that right
1: So then to add more to this, there were some men in black, a.k.a. government peeps, who investigated some of the arcades in the Portland area. This was a few days after the two teens had gotten sick. And people believe with all this going on and the fact that arcades were becoming a place where illegal shit was going down, because that's where kids could hang out unsupervised, basically. And so there were some, you know, drug deals going on, some hookups going on, some all the things like the underbelly of the arcade world, it got seedy. And so because of things like that, police would hide wires and cameras inside the machines hoping to capture some evidence and confessions. So again, to the men in black, there were people that kind of looked like, inconspicuous, or whatever the word is, in the arcade. So it's just kind of like, oh, well, did all of that culminate to this urban legend of this video game? Was Polybius real? Or was it just an urban legend? Was it something that the parents and the media made as a boogeyman, like if you play this game, it's going to eat your memories. It's going to, you know, rot your brain. It's going to do all these things. And then you see people around and it's like, oh, shit, wait, my mom was right. There is someone checking on that machine or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you just kind of grow from there. And the rumors happened. And then Polybius was born. But was it ever really a game? There's people who say yes, there's people who say no, there's no actual proof that it was and there's no actual proof that it wasn't. So as silly as it sounds, it kind of would make sense if it was a game. I mean, I'm not saying polybius, but I'm just saying that people are like, huh, we need to see what the effects are on this. And they make a game because hello, just like everything, we're like, oh, it's a game. Cool. I'll do it. You know, and we don't read the fine print. You can't tell me that you downloaded TikTok and you read the fine print. It's just like, I want to see the raccoon eat the peach.
0: Yeah, it's definitely not out of the realm of possibility that they use the data that they collected from the game for something.
1: But also not even mind control, if you think about it, because it's like images, symbols, all of that could be more hypnosis. And that could be for interrogations and things like that again, they could be looking at what graphics or what sequence had the most response or whatever. And I mean, I know it's 1981, so it's not as high tech because now they could probably say your retinas, like the pupils dilated at this certain time with this certain thing. So, I mean, I still feel like that's definitely something that could go on. And if this was back when we were in college and they had um, a psych... Credit for it, we would
0: sign up and be like, "Oh, I'll play a game." Absolutely, I'd have been like, "Sure, we'll be there." Jigsaw, <laughs> yeah. is it going to get me an A in this class? My GPA needs some help. I'm trying to get into grad school, right? And I played my first two years <laughs> to get those grades
1: up. Oh gosh, but I don't know. It's just so weird to think about things like that. But I mean, ew, I don't know. You learn about MK Ultra, and you learn about all the things that. We would have never known had this not come out that didn't seem right. It didn't seem real. It's like, oh, sure. That only happens in the movies. No, it really happens. Yeah.
0: I don't know if they would have been able to just like uh, mic it up to watch people, you know. I mean, I guess it depends on like what states it's in and like blah, blah, blah for surveillance. Like most things you can't just have surveillance to have surveillance. You have to be looking for something like, you know, they can't just put a wiretap on your phone. They have to put a wiretap and listen in at certain points or whatever. I don't know. I don't know all the details. I'm not an attorney, but... Well, the CIA is going to do whatever they want to do. The CIA is going to CIA. (laughs) Uh-huh. I don't understand why there's no way to prove that the game existed. Like, either it was manufactured or it wasn't. No, because there was
1: only two test machines. And they did say that back in the day, they would have games that would be tested and it would be mostly in this black arcade box, you know, like instead of having like Pac-Man on the
0: side and the colors, all of that, it would just be a black case. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, They didn't have, they didn't try to do like any patent or anything like that. Like there has to be something. They had it for a reason. That reason was to be. She's got so mad at me. No. She (laughs) like all of a sudden (laughs) sound like she was from Wisconsin. No. (laughs) Well, because I mean, it's
1: like if you're doing something shady, you're not going to be like, oh, let me patent that real quick. No, no one's going to know about this. Unless Mm in A month, no one's gotten ill and no one's done all the things. Then sure, okay, we can do this and we can control all the brains in the world. Blah 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 blah. Pinky in the brain, but
0: kids got sick. Things happened, and so they were like, pull the plug, pull the plug. I don't understand how kids got sick. Like, what did they get sick from? A migraine? You watch the screen too long. That's not something to pull the fuck plug for. Well, they're saying people got depressed. People died
1: by suicide from it. Um, But like, what was the game about? It was more like, okay, so what they said, to get technical, they said that you could do like only one type of fucking graphic by this time. But this one had two types of graphics. And so it fucked with people's brains because it used to be like basically 2D and then it was 3D. And so it was like, whoa, that's not really what it is. It's like raster images and something else. But that's just like when people watch things that have subliminal messages in it. It's not like, oh, it's Mario and it's going to do this. No, these were like, just say like flashes of things and all of that. So that's what they're saying is it got into their mind. That's what they wanted it to do. It's not like you're just like playing Frogger. I don't know. I don't buy it. Well, also when you played the keys or whatever in Candy Crush, you would see things Outside of your fucking phone, like, you'd be, like, looking up and be like, I could see the
0: orange box. When I I close my eyes, (laughs) I can still see the screen. Uh Uh-huh. Well, shit, I get off of the, out of the beach and I still, my body moves from the waves. Yeah, but
1: so, I mean, like, you react to that stuff. And so, if they can simulate that and then it makes your body feel like that. Uh Uh-huh. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying this is real. I'm just saying it makes sense. People have ways of torturing people from different images and different sounds and all of that. You're making it sound like, how could
0: they get sick from that? Well, in my defense, I forgot that some people died by suicide. I thought it was just migraines.
1: Also, you're a sufferer of migraines that have to you have to wear like basically a pirate eye patch over your head with a cooling sensation and all things dark, all things off. Okay, not all things off. I really like Paula's on when I have a migraine, first of all. Okay, well, that's just recently because when I lived with you, you didn't like anything. I
0: couldn't breathe loud. Second of all, if I had a headache, I would stop playing the game. Or mm. I've never gotten a headache, I don't think, from... Yes, I have. Uh, see, that's why we have blue leg blockers now. Uh-huh. Well, this was 1981. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think it was like some top secret CIA thing because like... What I mean, I guess how could they have done it on a widespread scale, but just like why this Oregon place?
1: Well, I was listening to Astonishing Legends and they got real technical with it. So if you want to know more technical stuff about like the history of arcade games and stuff, go listen to them. It's one of their earlier episodes, but they were saying that they're both in the or from the Oregon area, I believe. And they were saying like, at that time, Portland was smaller than it is now. And no one was like too rich. No one was too poor. It was just kind of middle America. Yeah. And so that would be a good tester place because kids didn't have a lot to do there. And so they went to the arcades. And also, I believe they were the ones who said, and I did not know this, that there's a lot of like when people start a food chain or you know whatever they're like i'm going to see if we can turn this into a franchise they usually will start in san antonio what right i was like huh because again it's like middle america like where there's a good diversity yeah
0: and i wouldn't say san antonio is known for its diversity but you know and like i, I mean, mean it's 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 a city so it's gonna have diversity but i'm not like it's not like new york i'm not like oh my gosh that's the most diverse city right but i think what it does still have is it does still have like the it's still like a small big town yes or a small big city well
1: and i think more like economical than yeah thinking because new york city there's like well in my head because you know i'm a country mouth but um it's like People who live in the like Manhattan, all of that. And then other people who live in the, you know, 400 square foot apartment and still it's cost more than my whole house. You know what I mean? So going there, you can't say, oh, this was great price because their pricing is totally different. For sure. But I didn't know that about San Antonio. And I was just like, the things you don't think about when, you know, you're not opening up a restaurant and you're not doing all of that. Like, you, I just have no thought process. I would just be like, oh, I live here. I'm going to test it here. That's not what you do. Like, that's why I'm not a solopreneur or whatever it is. Entrepreneur. Solopreneur? Solopreneur. What the hell does that mean? It's like when you open your own business. It's more for like people who do like printables and I don't know. It's like an online term.
0: Okay. She's just saying things to say things now. are <laughs> saying words now. I'm telling you, Carrie's just a naysayer. I am. I definitely am. I don't believe anything anybody says. I'm either, I believe everything you say or I believe nothing you say. Yes. I'm no in between. I'm either like looking at you like you're lying to my face or I'm like, tell me everything. Right. And it's really what she thinks of you as a person. Well, it's really what kind of mood I'm in that day, too. True, true. Because one day I may believe everything you say, and the next day, can't stand to look at you. Right.
1: Oh, my God. Y'all, this has nothing to do with it, but I forgot to bring this up at the beginning. We went to our favorite place to eat here, and shout out Sully's. But Carrie's Taste Buds, y'all remember the staticky Watermelon? Well, this, we both got sweet tea And she said the tea tasted shrimpy. One, I do not like seafood. So I that automatically made my stomach turn a little bit. But I didn't taste it at all. So it was fine because she is on another planet. It tasted like shrimp. No. And then so she switched with Colby and she got his Coke. And Colby had like four glasses of tea because it didn't
0: taste like shrimp. (laughs) It did to me. And our waiter was like, what? <laughs> okay. And in my defense, our waiter is Tiffany's little brother's friend. So he was like, that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. <laughs> I'm like, I-, I can't help it. I just have bizarre taste buds. It tasted like shrimp. What did you say that black beans sometimes taste like? Not black beans. Refried beans sometimes taste like a tea bag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I got sensory issues. I can't help
1: it. <laughs> you do. I need your food critic blog to go live? <laughs> <on. laughs>
0: do you know how long it took me to get Colby to understand when I said that the shrimp tasted shrimpy? He was like, it's shrimp. It's supposed to taste like shrimp. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's shrimp, but like shrimpy. Yeah, no, I get that. The fish is fishy. It's, you know, it's just too, it's like fish, you know? I I get that. He thought I was, I don't know. He didn't understand. I don't like the smell. You can tell when it's going
1: to taste too much. Yes. Because the smell is super strong.
0: Okay. So if you you know listen to the beginning of the episode, I thought we were heading to Texas today, apparently in my head. So I thought that this was our weekend for Austin. So I did a story in Austin, Texas. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I was like, oh, we're going to Austin. This will come out the day we're coming home. No, it's not. Mm-mm. I'm a week ahead. Yeah. That's okay, though. You're just getting them ready. But before we get into my story, we got to talk about Gooder because these are my new favorite sunglasses of all time. What makes Gooder sunglasses the best,
1: the bestest whatevs? It's $25 active sunglasses that do not slip, do not bounce, and are 100% polarized.
0: And at that $25 price point, they're inexpensive enough that they're easily replaced, you know, like the pair that I scratched like three weeks after we got them. Just going to replace them. How did I scratch them, you ask? I don't know. Colby says I'm rough on things. Colby had an eyelash that was long. And I was like, can you get that eyelash or whatever? It was like
1: a hair on his eyes and <laughs> she went to get it and poked him in the eye okay you
0: know what well if he had on his fucking gooder sunglasses that wouldn't happen <laughs> but yes apparently i stored them lens up and didn't put them in the little baggie that they come in that doubles as the wiper offer oh and i love it because it's flamingos it's their their product design is not only are the sunglasses the cutest thing on the planet but all the things with it The little bag that your sunglasses come in that, like I just said, doubles as like a wiping aid to clean off your smudges and things. And the freaking names of all of the sunglasses. It's just so cute. And they come in so many awesome
1: colors. You can be as colorful and playful as you want, or you can be classic. They have it for everyone. I have a pair. Well, I have a
0: couple of pairs, but I have a pair that is bright purple bright like neon slash kind of like a teal blue and then i have like a more muted kind of like hunter hunter slash olive green pair that are a little more like demure when i you know don't want to be pizzazz and you have some mirrored lenses and some not but guess what they're all polarized yes and then they have some for like larger faces smaller faces They have aviators. They have all the different shapes, styles, colors, and you will 1000% find a pair that look good on you. And on the website, you get to try them on. You're like, here's my face. They put the glasses on you and like, oh, those look terrible. Next. Oh, those look wonderful. And then
1: when you get them, they do not slip. They do not bounce, no matter how sweaty you
0: are. And trust me, I can sweat. I wear them on the golf course. I will wear them to baseball games. And I am pouring sweat and they're not going anywhere. So again, they start at only $25 a pair. You get a one-year warranty, a 30-day free return, 100% satisfaction guaranteed, and Gooder is a 100% carbon neutral company plus 1% for the planet. Y'all got to get on these, like Donna said, get you your vibrant colors, get you your more muted colors, whatever you like. They've got a pair just for you. And they're so comfortable. And you don't have to worry if you have a heavy hand like your girl, you're not breaking a $300 pair of sunglasses. It's something that, you know, is reasonably priced so that you can replace them if you're clumsy like me. But even though they may be inexpensive, they don't look it. And they last. They're strong, but like movable, but they're not going to just break. Like they're pliable. Exactly. Y'all got to get on these lightweight, not slipping, and 100% polarized sunglasses. So head on over to gooder.com slash creeps and use promo code creeps to get free shipping. Don't forget that comes with a 30-day money back guarantee. And you're going to be 100% satisfied. But if you're not, they'll give you your money back.
1: So again, go to G-O-O-D-R dot com slash creeps with an S and then use code creeps with an
0: S to get free shipping. Y'all are not going to be disappointed in these sunglasses. Y'all, HelloFresh is back and y'all know we love HelloFresh and we were both using HelloFresh way before they became sponsors of this podcast. And with fall right around the corner, HelloFresh is here to help you with the plan for this busy season ahead with tasty dishes delivered to your door. You know that convenience is
1: key for me. I don't have to leave the house and it's going to be easy and delicious meals.
0: Sign me up. My biggest thing with dinner time is I get so tired of eating the same thing so if you want me to eat at home we gotta have some variety and HelloFresh does just that for you because they have 40 chef crafted recipes that you can select from every single week from family friendly to fit and wholesome to vegetarian which you know donna loves because the girl hates to touch raw meat unless it's on a weekend but there's something for everyone i myself prefer the quick and easy because i am too you get to pick how many people are in your family. Just pick how many servings you need. Sometimes for Colby and me, we might want to go with four and not two to have leftovers. Sometimes we're like, oh, we really need to work on portion control. Let's go to two, you know, because we'd eat the four.
1: Uh, yeah, because it's that good. But again, HelloFresh is shipped to your door. So you do not have to go grocery shopping. You don't have to do all of that planning. And you're going to get pre portioned ingredients, easy step by step recipes. It's going to save you so much time, cut out the hassle, and believe you me, if I can do the
0: HelloFresh meals, I can make them edible, you can too. And HelloFresh is 25% cheaper than takeout and less expensive than grocery shopping. So you have nothing to lose here. Oh, and I mean, it is called HelloFresh because their ingredients are fresh. When I very first started hearing about HelloFresh and, you know, it being a meal delivery kit, pre-portioned things. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that seems like such a waste of all these like pre-packaged little products. But HelloFresh works really hard to not create waste with their pre-portioned ingredients. So you really have nothing to lose. So you go to HelloFresh.com slash five zero creep and use code 50 creep for 50% off plus free shipping. So note that's 50 creep five zero creep. So again, that's HelloFresh.com slash 50
1: creep. Use code 50 creep for 50% off plus free
0: shipping. 50% off is a lot. So head on over to HelloFresh.com slash 50 creep and use promo code 50 creep for what? 50% off plus free shipping. You know, we love a good deal and HelloFresh is a good deal. Hello, it's America's number one meal kit. Okay, so like I said, I had our weeks confused, even though clearly we are not in Austin right now. So why would this come out? Anyway, I'm a dodo bird. But this story takes place in Austin, Texas. Heidi Broussard was born and raised in Lake Charles, Louisiana, which is where my sister lives. And I have a friend whose maiden name is Broussard. So I was like, are y'all related? She said, maybe somewhere down the line. Because technically, like, all the Broussards are related. I was going to say, I feel like that's a common name in Louisiana. Yeah, but also, like, in that area. Heidi had a boyfriend, a long-term boyfriend named Shane Carey, who they met while working at a casino together. But after they'd been together for a while, they actually decided to go make a life for themselves in Austin. So they left Lake Charles and moved to Austin, Texas. At the time of this story, they had a 6-year-old son named Silas and a brand new baby girl named Margot. Margot was born December 12th, 2019. Heidi grew up with a really close knit of group of friends. They like did all the things. They went to church camp together and they just all stayed friends throughout the years. There were some issues in the relationship with Heidi and Shane. Um Heidi had shared some messages with her friends that talked about Shane had some some anger issues and like had gotten so mad one time he grabbed her arm and it left bruises. So there was it was kind of a toxic on and off again relationship, but they were making it work with their kids. Once everybody found out that Heidi was in labor, of course, all the people came, her friends, her family, everybody came to see the baby and to be there when she went into labor. She had friends from Houston. Her friend named Megan came. Her mom came. You know, everybody was there. Her mom ended up staying a couple of weeks to help her get back in her routine after she had the baby because she also had Silas, who was six, who needed to be taken to school and, and you know, all the stuff that she just wasn't ready to do after giving birth. So her mom left and just a day or two later, on December 12th, 2019, Heidi took Silas off to school and she let Shane know that there was a book fair at the school. She was going to get some books and then come home. I used to love the book fair so fucking much. I never had money for the book fair. That's not true. There were occasions that I did in my head. Maybe one time, I think I spent 20 bucks, which was a shit ton of money back then. I mean, still is, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it went way further. I feel like one time i got a book but it was more mostly like oh i can get like some little pencils or something like i never really got stuff
1: oh i would get the goosebumps books i got bookmarks cuz i was like obviously reading a lot of the yeah. books and stuff i did get pencils and things like that but it was more the goosebumps and uh the bookmarks. I had one that was a troll. Like, well, it was like four trolls on it and it had an orange like tassel. And it was like their hair. Yeah. Oh God, I love that one. My mom and dad probably went without so I could have those books. Oh, absolutely.
0: Later that afternoon, Shane gets home from work and Heidi and Margot aren't at their apartment. But when he got there, he saw that Heidi's vehicle was in... The parking lot and he did think it was weird that the the door to the apartment was unlocked but he also found the car seat sitting there and it had the books from the book fair there so like they had been home obviously because the car seat and all that was there so he was like well shit maybe she just walked over to her neighbors you know it was a, like, a close-knit apartment community so maybe she just walked over to her neighbors for a little while so shane does whatever shane does but then around 5 30 It's time to pick Silas up from school. And I've heard it like two a couple of different ways like that the school called and was like, hey, nobody's come to pick up Silas. And then I've heard it like, dang, Heidi's not back yet. I guess I need to go pick up Silas. So he goes and picks up Silas and again, still no Heidi or Margot. So he's like, wait, what like what is going on? Like, what do I do? He calls around trying to see if anybody knows where she is. And then everybody's like, no, I don't know where she is so he, ca- he calls his dad he's like what do i do and then he decides that it's time to call police police jump into action but they don't put out an amber alert because even though Margot is only like two three weeks old she's with her mom this kind of comes into play later where people are like you should have done an amber alert but like i can also see why they didn't because like it wasn't like a custody battle where they were taken from like with their parent you know yeah it was just the mom and the kid are missing did they just go somewhere you know what i mean yeah so i can see why the amber alert wasn't done but basically i was listening to a podcast called criminology and they were kind of outlining the requirements of the amber alert and it was like you have a description you have like suspected danger that they've been kidnapped, you know, all these things. And it's like, okay, it did really meet the criteria. So they probably should have done it.
1: Yeah. And I feel like people pay more attention to that with the Amber Alert. And then if it's a three-week-old kid, right, you'd be more on alert for it.
0: Well, and, you know, the kind of, the weird part was that, like I said, the uh, apartment door was open, but the car seat, the baby bag, All of that, like the diaper bag, you know, those were all in the apartment. So he just assumed that they went to the neighbors or something. But it is weird. That's a lot of hours because some stuff said he got home at like two and then like three hours and he's like, okay, where is she? She didn't have a diaper bag. A two-week-old needs to eat unless she's breastfeeding. Like there's a lot of things a two-week-old would need from their diaper bag in that time span. I was about to say, I don't know shit about shit, but I do know that baby shit. Yeah, yeah. When they would try to call Heidi, her phone would just go straight to voicemail and they would text her and she there was no response. There was like a kind of a strip mall next to their house or next to their apartment. And so people were like, well, maybe she walked over there and was like shopping or something because it had an H-E-B, which is a big grocery store in Texas. And so they're like, well, maybe she's at H-E-B grocery shopping. I mean, why would she be gone that long? Because at this point it's like 7 p.m. So it's like... Okay, five hours at HEB, I mean, it's big and it's great, but like, it ain't that great. I was going to say, if she shops like you at
1: HEB, we had to go down every aisle. I think I lost two pounds just walking around grocery
0: shopping with her. I still do that at every grocery store. I ha- There's a method to my madness, a.k.a. I don't have a list. So I have to go down every aisle to remember what I need. So people are growing concerned as to, like, of course, what happened to heidi and Margot, and then growing even more concerned because again Margot's weeks old at this point and she had some jaundice so she needs good care and so people were really worried about where they were what was going on police were like well did she just leave you know did she have maybe some postpartum depression and it's like you know there were some problems with shane was she like i'm getting the hell out of dodge but then everybody was like she would not have left silas like she would not have left with Margot and not him well and again leaving the diaper bag and stuff right that's expensive but if she was like leaving everything to start new and hidden Mm -hmm. i could see her leaving that maybe having a stash
1: yeah maybe a stash yeah and if she's anything like you and me we have a stash of walmart bags Mm -hmm. and they can carry a lot of things they are great for luggage
0: (laughs) So while the police are doing their work, her family and friends, you know, got group texts going and they're working together to post things on social media and all of that to see if anybody knows what happened to Heidi and Margo. The Austin police, of course, was involved. The Texas Rangers were involved. FBI was involved trying to find what happened. Now, at this point, it's obviously made the news that a young mom and her Weeks old baby are missing. And Shane starts giving interviews. Now, Shane starts giving some kind of creepy vibes. He's giving people a Chris Watts vibe, and nobody's having it. They just didn't buy what he was selling on the news and all of that. Like through his interviews, just his body language, the things he was saying, it was just like this icky Chris Watts vibe. And at this point, police literally had nothing. Like there was nothing to go on and it had been days since the two had gone missing they interviewed her friends in austin like her friend rachel who was kind of like the ringleader it seemed of her like text chains with all of her friends because like i said she had friends in houston she had friends in austin you know everywhere and she was that person that kind of coordinated them all they were interviewing shane and just literally could find nothing So there's this podcast called Jay for Justice. And on this podcast, they were doing an interview with one of Heidi's friends when the case broke wide open. Like it was a live YouTube interview with her best friend when they got real time alerts of what police were doing. Holy shit. Yes. So they found out that the police were doing a raid, for lack of a better word, on a house in Houston. And they were like, what? What do you mean? And on this live feed, they get the address. And so the armchair detectives watching it start looking it up. And they basically, her friend figures out in real time kind of what's going on like they even mute it so they can tell the friend without it being just to have a little respect yeah so they find out that the address where the police are has a baby registry linked to it what and the baby registry and the address is for a girl named megan megan Firamuska, to be exact and that is heidi's longtime friend What? Yep. So this is a girl that Heidi had known since they were younger and going to church camp together. They had been friends for a really long time. And they were so excited because they were both pregnant at the same time. I mean, you know this can't be good. Right. So, they I mean, they were so close. Megan even had a key to Heidi's apartment. Like, she came. As soon as she found out that Heidi's water broke, she dropped everything in Houston and came. She's 37 weeks pregnant and came to this birth. But as people are looking back, they start remembering things with some rose-colored glasses taken off. It was weird for them how quickly she came to the birth and dropped everything. And her name on her registry was for a different last name, Megan Humphrey, which is the last name of her ex boyfriend who kind of doubled as her landlord but like they had broken up and then she found out she was pregnant and so basically he let her still live in their apartment because she's pregnant when police get there they are met from megan outside holding a baby monitor and they see her car so how did they know to go to this house because they had gotten surveillance video from a neighbor from the morning that heidi had disappeared of her walking out of the house with Margot and getting into a car that all everything added up and was megan's car it was like a um like a nissan um versa or something like a silver nissan versa so police were doing all this digging that nobody knew about obviously because they kept it a secret but they had this surveillance footage and they had a neighbor who had seen Heidi get into the car and they gave her a lineup and she picked Megan out of the lineup and was like, I'm like, you know, 80% sure that's who was in the car. Everybody was like, Heidi would have never left without putting Margot in a car seat. So she had no intention of ever pulling out of her apartment complex. Like She literally was just walking out there to chat and holding Margot, which is why she had no diaper bag, no nothing with her. And the door was unlocked. Exactly. Heidi had even told Shane that Megan had given birth to her baby, you know, would have been like a few days before she came to the apartment. Now, Megan told her ex-boyfriend slash baby daddy, Christopher, that while he was like on a trip, that she had given birth. But she didn't remember the name of the place that she gave birth. She said that she had given birth at this place in the Woodlands. Because so if you know anything about Houston, Woodlands is like a suburb of Houston, in, uh, north of Houston. And she said that she had just gone up. I think she had gone up there for a trip or something. And she was like, yeah, I gave birth up there, but like couldn't remember the name of it. And she's like, sorry, I didn't tell you. Are you mad? Um, what? Right. So the police had talked to Christopher and showed them a picture of Margot, And he goes, that's the baby at my house oh fuck go get her yeah so the police are like do you know for a fact that megan was pregnant and he was like no like we were not on good terms so like they weren't intimate or anything so while he said he had touched her belly a couple of times never saw her belly and she was an extra large pizza too so you know her belly's gonna be a little bit different than someone who is a size two that's supposedly 38 weeks pregnant you know right But he said he had touched it a couple of times and he noticed it was hard, but never saw it. So he's like, no, technically, I can't say for sure she was ever pregnant. Yeah. Through all the things that I looked at there, because there's podcasts on this and there's a dateline on this. There's a lot on it, but nothing ever said. Yeah, we have medical records proving that she was in fact pregnant. So when police get to the apartment, Megan is standing outside with a baby monitor Police get the warrant to search the place and they find Margot safe inside. But unfortunately, they find Heidi's body in the trunk and she had been strangled by a dog leash. Oh, my God. So people don't know, like, what was Megan's goal here? Like, was she ever pregnant? Did she lie the whole time? And this was her plan the whole time was to steal Margot. Like Megan and Heidi talked constantly about their pregnancies and about their birth plans and sharing like tips and, you know, all the things like they were good friends. They talked all the time. So like, what was the, did she have a miscarriage and went into some sort of psychotic break? Did she like, we don't know what, like why this happened. I wonder who said they were pregnant first. I don't know I'm I'm gonna assume Heidi because at first Megan said that she was due like on Heidi's original due date but then she ended up having her different you know so it would make
1: more sense if she was lying that Heidi said at first and she was one of
0: those people who wanted the spotlight too. yeah you know saw how it was whatever and then it just snowballed and got out of control yeah there was some telephone calls too that showed Megan was like in the area of Austin when she shouldn't have been. At first, Megan's lawyers tried to get really all of the evidence thrown out because they said that they didn't have a search warrant, but they did. It was actually signed before they went in. And then they were like, But even if we didn't, we had full reason to believe that Margot was in danger in there like she's holding this baby monitor we you know we have all this evidence like we 1000 percent had reason to believe that she was not safe in there
1: yeah and the landlord that owns the place said go get the baby that's in there that's the baby you're looking for true
0: on the dateline episode her friends talked about i, I don't know this just stuck with me so i'm going to tell y'all the whale that silas let out when he found out that his mom was never coming back and i just think so much about my niece Allie, who's that age and like she is old enough to understand in her own way like if something happened you know and i just i don't know i guess it's just because the ages are so close like i don't know that just really tore my heart in two and poor shane too because people really came hard at him because he were like oh my god look at his mannerisms look at the way he's crying either, you know it's, it's fake or it's too much or it's this or that and and so people came hard for him but luckily poor Heidi was found like within a week or so so I mean you just think about these people who live in years of this cloud of suspicion so luckily Shane only had to deal with it for like a week which is far more than it should be but everybody's going to be quick to judge it's just how our 24-hour news cycle is and all of that because This did make pretty big news, but it's interesting because it wasn't as big as, let's say, a Chris Watts, but it did make news. I messaged my sister and a couple of our friends that are in Lake Charles because, again, same last name, lived in Lake Charles. Heidi was buried in Lake Charles. So I was like, do y'all remember this? Because this happened in 2019. And one of my friends, my friend Katie, did remember it. But my sister and my other friend Anna did not remember it at all. And remember how I was telling you there was like some red flags of of just like hindsights being twenty twenty looking back. people were talking about how weird it was in the delivery room because they like even Heidi's mom was like, "Wait, why is Megan here like how she like beat me here how why is she why is she here? you know because they were close friends, but it wasn't like you going into labor like it wasn't one of her best friends of all time, you know. Yeah. They were friends, but I, I mean, it wouldn't be like you going in labor. Yeah. But Megan had a weird interaction with Shane's dad, who would be the grandfather of Margot. Granddad was holding the baby and Megan literally like came and took the baby from him to hold her. And everybody was like, what? Yeah. Who does that? That's yeah. That's weird. Like you wait your turn or you're me and say, oh, no, it's okay. Right. So, again, there were some things that were kind of like, wait, what's going on? And then with COVID hitting the pandemic, everything got pushed back for court dates. Because, again, this happened, you know, very end of 2019. And then the world fell apart. And so Megan was just sitting in jail awaiting everything. She was charged with capital murder. But eventually they negotiated and Megan pleaded to first degree murder and was given like 50 or 55 years in prison. But with that, she does have eligibility for parole in like 20 years. However, she can appeal. So it's, it's basically other than maybe a chance of parole when she's like in her sixties, almost 70, it's over for Heidi Broussard's family. Like they don't have to go through an appeal. With it being a capital murder case and all of that. so so they were okay with the plea deal, yeah. Megan never confessed as to why she did this, or, like I said, what was the plan? Was this something that you had been planning as soon as you found out she was pregnant? Is it like you said she maybe got jealous of the attention? And then the story and the lie just snowballed into this web of lies that she couldn't get out of. Was it was she pregnant and ha and lost the baby and went into some sort of psychosis? We don't know and probably will never know. Well, before we talk about this any further, we got to talk about Tushy because y'all know I love a clean bum. Who does it? Yeah, but I won't mind Tushy clean. Hello, Tushy. Their advertising, their sayings, the, the emails that you get from them, like letting you know that your stuff is shipped, everything about them I freaking love. They literally say, got spicy poops? You can't fight fire with paper. Soothe your booty after every duty with a precise stream of water. I know. They are so funny. Spicy poops? Yes, I do.
1: Thank you. How did you know? (laughs) Right? And they're not wrong. If you
0: have an upset tummy and you have to go to the bathroom a lot, you want a bidet. And with over 100000 five-star reviews, see why millions of real pooping humans already love the Hello Tushy Bidet. Every Hello Tushy Bidet attachment comes with a 30-day risk-free guarantee and a 12-month warranty.
1: Also, this Hello Tushy Bidet, it requires no electricity or additional plumbing. It attaches to your existing toilet.
0: I really think that people who are anti bidets don't understand where the water comes from because every time I talk about one somebody's going to say in the water dirty no because it's coming from a clean like it's coming from the clean source of water it's not coming from your bowl it's attached to the water that's coming into your toilet and it's super easy to attach trust me you can do this you do not need to be a plumber but speaking about the emails that they send out They are so catchy that I actually
1: open them and read them. And Tushy said that a bidet will help minimize UTIs. And they were also like, just saying when you're on your period,
0: it helps you feel so much cleaner. And I mean, you know, for those of us in a monogamous relationship that don't have to use condoms, it works very well after sex. And aftercare and cleanup is very important. The Hello Tushy Bidet cleans your butt with a fresh stream of water that is two times better than wiping and prevents poo-poo particles from spreading to your hands and everything you touch. Because you know you're sitting on your toilet watching TikTok. You know you are. And if you're not, you're doing something on your phone. It attaches to the toilet that you already have. You don't have to plug anything in. You don't need any additional plumbing. It comes with everything you need to split that line. You're not splitting it, like to hook another line up to the existing line and bada bing, bada boom, you got to clean. Boom, boom, boom. I don't know what that is, but, you know, we're going with it. So stop wiping and start washing. Go to com forward slash creep and use promo code creep for 10% off your first order.
1: And look, you can still love toilet paper and use a bidet because unless you're like Colby, you're going to want to do a dry wipe at the end.
0: But with a bidet... This is going to cut your toilet paper use by 80% because you got to do a dry wipe. So go to hellotushy.com slash creep for 10% off your first order. So like Donna said, simply do your do, spray, pat dry, and go to hellotushy.com slash creep for 10% off. It just breaks my heart that Heidi was such an amazing mom by all accounts. And clearly her kids loved her too. And it breaks my heart that Silas and Margot are not going to get their life experiences with their mom because Megan took that away. For purely selfish reasons. I, in my head, I try to tell myself that it was a psychotic break, that she had lost the baby or something of yeah. that sort. Because how can you do this to your friend? How can you live that lie? Lie to the ex-boyfriend you know get a belly all the things and lie to your friend and talk about birth plans and breastfeeding and you know all this stuff knowing you are lying like how do you do that how cold hearted cold-blooded I just don't get it I don't either
1: and really that touches everyone's lives like obviously Heidi lost her life Silas and Margot lost their mom Shane lost his girlfriend you know All of that. But then if you even want to go further out, Christopher, you're going to, if you met him on Tinder, uh huh. And you have to hear that, yeah, my ex pretended that she was pregnant, Mm -hmm. did all the things, kidnapped a kid, killed someone. Like that's a lot of baggage for everyone involved.
0: Well she got to chris i'm thinking yeah like her parents she was an only child her poor parents she's like and then chris's tinder profile <laughs> what the fuck donna well you know i it that's how it relates to me this that yes miss leo
1: <laughs>
0: it's still august
1: okay it's my freaking month of even the most minute things like it touched everyone's lives Including her parents, because she was an only child.
0: I still don't know what I think about Purgatory or whatever the fuck that game's name was. Polybius. Well, same thing. I was in Purgatory during that damn story. Oh, <laughs> I'm just Lord. kidding. I'm just kidding. I really did like that one. Well, good thing it was short. <laughs> no, I really did like that story. Like I mean, your I, temper today. I don't believe it, but I did like it. <laughs> I've been sassy all damn week. If you are in Patreon, you heard the Am I the Asshole. Apparently, I was on a bender. You said, I don't give a fuck. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you said. (laughs) Oh, shit. I hate everyone this week. (laughs) Except y'all. Thank y'all so much for listening and supporting and liking and subscribing and all the things that you do. It really does mean the world to us. Keep spreading the word. That helps us more than you know. And remember, creep it real and don't get scared.